All right, everybody. Hope you all having a good weekend. Um, just enjoying my day. All right, so let's get into it. We're going to be talking about Carly Russell, and uh, she's going to be facing accountability. Let's get into it. Our talk radio, live in 4K. on interstate 459 and there is a kid just walking by themselves. Newly released 911 calls are shining a light on what happened moments before an Alabama woman disappeared for more than two days. Carly Russell says she was abducted, but police say they can't confirm that story. Queen City News Chief Legal Analyst Khalif Rhodes joining us now to talk about this case that's really garnered national attention. It really has. I mean, this was such a cry for help. It was such an, a public outcry that it made national news, as Morgan just said, but so many people were vested in this story because they wanted to find out where was she, what happened to her. Uh, and when you look at this, I think the first question we have at this point now in the case is who's paying for this response that made everybody come out to, to look for this woman. I mean, I think you had to be under a rock if you didn't know this story yeah. for the last few days that was happening. Um, I think it's like every other case that will occur where a person is missing, taxpayer dollars is going to pay for it. And I think to the, the bigger question is what the police chief answered in his press conference. Someone said, well, how does the police um, force respond to the next African-American woman mm -hmm. that makes this type of uh, allegation? Um, and he said, well, respond the same way we do every other allegation. Well the thing is, though, I mean, she did put a black eye on families who are suffering with their child gone missing, all right? All this manpower, all these resources, come on now. The people really needed, you know, needed help, and they wasted it on Carly Russell. So she needs to face the charges. She needs to face accountability. And you'll have a simp like Ricky Smiley, you know, and other black women who will try to downplay her actions. It's typical. Well, Ricky Smiley, he's catering to his uh, black female fan base. Okay. And sad to say, that's how it's programmed in our society. Okay. No real accountability for women when they make decisions like this. For a man, he would definitely be under the jail, especially a black man. No matter if he's 25, no matter if he got a, if he's, you know, got a good reputation. If he does something like this, he's going to pay the price. But for some reason, because it's, you know, a woman, now we want to look the other way. And when it comes to the black community, unfortunately, it's a matriarchy, the poor urban black community. It's a matriarchy and they try to downplay the actions. Okay. Of this individual who has hurt a lot of black women who are in need, who have daughters, wives. Okay, there's daughters and there's wives who have gone missing. Okay, and the sad thing with the sisterhood is that they go against their own interests. When you side and you want to coddle people like this, your fellow sisters who do things like this, you're hurting yourself in the long run. Okay. We'll put our best forward effort to try to make sure we find the individual that's missing and get them home safe. Um, I think the investigation is obviously still ongoing. And so while we can say that, it seems like the facts may not connect to what she was alleging occurred. Um, it still may be too early for us to say exactly what happened as of yet. It's just it's getting worse for her. It's getting worse. And... When things happen, when, you know, everything comes out, when it's official, all right, we already know it's a hoax, all right, it's a hoax, but when it's truly official, <clears throat> charges, ha she has to face charges. That's what has to happen. And unfortunately, I bet you, you will have people saying that, you know what, you don't like black women. You're gay. You 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 taking this too seriously. I had yeah, there was a black man, okay, was saying, is it really that serious? This is what you have in the black community. 
is it really that serious? No, we just have a woman who just made a false police report and led the community and law enforcement on a wild goose chase and made them look like the laughing stock of across America. No, it's not that serious, though. I mean, th this stuff happens every day. You know, it's OK. It's perfectly OK. Ex-Alabama attorney says Carly Russell should be arrested and that she's made it harder for black women to be believed. And I believe him. Carly Russell finds herself at the center of a storm as an ex-Alabama attorney. Eric Guster claims that she should be arrested for theft, lying to the police and filing a false police report. The controversy stems from Russell's claim that she was kidnapped and held captive for two days. However, local police have found no evidence to support her story which has raised doubts about the veracity of her claims. Gust, Guster argues that Russell's actions have wasted valuable police resources and accuses the authorities of avoiding using the term lie when referring to her statements. Of course, they're gonna be avoiding that because you know the social climate would probably say, oh, they're racist. How could you say that? Just say, you can't say the truth anymore and it's sad. He further expresses concerns that this case could potentially make it difficult for African-American women to be believed in future missing person cases. Despite the lack of evidence, Guster expects Russell to face charges for filing a false police report, although he believes that the police are currently awaiting, awaiting to complete their investigation. Angela Harris, the mother of the murdered teenager, Ania Blanchard, has also weighed in on the matter, stating that the truth will eventually come out and urging others to remain vigilant and aware of potential predators. Gusta firmly believes that Carly Russell should have already been arrested for her alleged crimes. He accuses her of committing theft, lying to authorities, and filing a false police report. The fact that Russell's claims lack supported evidence raises suspicions about her credibility, leading Gusta to question why she should not face legal consequences yet. He emphasizes the seriousness of these offenses and argues that swift action should be taken to ensure justice is served. As the controversy surrounding Carly Russell continues to unfold, people are starting to share alleged information about her online. The release of these details has prompted an employer, Woodhouse Spa, to issue a statement regarding Russell. Additionally, there has been a Hoover Police con press conference addressing the situation. While these developments provide further context, it is essential to approach any unverified information with caution and await official updates from law enforcement. The case of Carly Russell has sparked intense debate, scrutiny with an ex-Alabama Alabama attorney claiming she should be arrested for theft and lying to the police. The controversy surrounding her claims has also intensified as investigations continue. It remains to be seen whether Russell will face legal consequences for alleged actions. In the meantime, it is crucial for the public to remain vigilant and cautious when it comes to potential predators and false reports, the truth will eventually come out, as Angela Harris has stated. But until then, it is important to approach the situation with an open mind and rely on verified information. Now, here's the thing, though. Carly Russell, according to the law here in um, and uh, where she's from, she faces one year in prison and a six thousand dollar fine. Her parents better, better. If you got to drag her to the police department to get us to, to tell what exactly happened, you better do it because all three of you are facing legal consequences here. The father works at a bank. He could lose his job or, or basically, you know, he's going to be probably asked to resign who he's going to have to resign. And the people who, who supported her family are demanding answers as well. All right. So she looks like a total joke right now. That's what's happening. All right. On to the next story. We're going to be talking about this Marine right now. And I think they need to uh, have a uh, mental illness check for some of these people. That's what I truly believe at times.
because uh, I don't know that the their type of uh, evaluation to see who's fit for duty. It's not working. It definitely is not working. But let's get into it. New this morning, a U.S. soldier is being detained in North Korea after bolting across the border into the communist regime's territory. Private second class Travis King ran across the border Tuesday while touring the demilitarized zone separating North and South Korea. U.S. officials say King had just been released after spending 47 days in a South Korean jail pleading guilty to assault and vandalizing a police car. Officials say the 23-year-old crossed prior to returning to the U.S. and being discharged. All right, let's get into the article right now. All right. You're going to see why I say they have to do better when it comes to their mental health evaluation, when it comes to these uh, people that they want into the Marine Corps. Here we go. This is what he says. U.S. soldier facing misconduct charges defects to North Korea while shouting, ha, ha, ha. See what I told you? A U.S. Army soldier who had been facing disciplinary charges while stationed in South Korea strayed from a tour of the North Korea border and fled into the Kermit Kingdom while shouting, ha, ha, ha. Travis King, a U.S. member, was being held at a South Korean prison over assault charges and facing additional military discipline. He was set to fly back to the U.S. Tuesday The military, <clears throat> with military personnel escorting him to their airport. With King, a private second class, skipped his flight and was seen wearing civilian clothes while taking part in a visit to the joint security area. The border village in the demilitarized zone separating the two Korea's that is guarded by soldiers from both sides. A Swedish tourist who was one who was on the same tour as King wrote in a Facebook post that a man on tour ran across the border when they visited the joint security area. To our right, we hear a loud ha ha ha. One guy from our group that has been with us all day runs in between two of the buildings and over to the other side. Akela Johnson Johannesson wrote, it took everybody a second
All right, we're back. Sorry about that for a second. Okay, all right. Another witness said the tour organizers, other travelers, had did not have immediate reaction to the man's antics. I thought it was a bad joke at first, but when he didn't come back, I realized that it wasn't a joke. Then everybody reacted and things got crazy, the witness told the outlet. Officials have yet to say how King eluded officials at the airport and made way to the demilitarized zone in, to join the tour. We're close. We are closely monitoring and investigating the situation, and working to notify the soldiers next of kin and engaging to address the incident. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told reporters Tuesday, "The private second class, the second to lowest rank in the U.S. Army, was not wearing his uniform at the time. He had recently skipped a flight to the United States before making the deliberate decision to cross the border." U.S. officials said. It's unclear why he missed his flight to the U.S. and crossed into North Korea. While officials said the crossing was made purposely, it remained unclear late Tuesday morning whether the soldier. Second. All right. So unclear Tuesday morning whether the soldier intended to defect to the rogue nation. They're not going to accept you. You're a black person. They're not going to accept you into their ranks. The U.N. command confirmed the incident in a tweet. A U.S. national on a JSA orientation tour crossed without authorizing authorization the military demarcation line into the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. We believe he is currently in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea custody and are working with the KPA counterparts to resolve the incident. The message continued referring to North Korea's People's Army. South Korea's defense minister said it did not immediately have any information on the American soldiers' detention by Kim Jong-un's regime. While the demilitarized zone does hold areas where visitors can explore to learn about the Korean War, it remains unclear if King was in that area when he was detained. A State Department travel advisory bans U.S. citizens from entering North Korea due to continuous serious risk of arrest and long-term detention of U.S. nationals. The ban was enacted after American college student Otto Warmbier was detained by North Korean authorities while on tour of the country in 2015. He died in 2017, days after he was released from prison and returned to the U.S. in a coma. The State Department warns that the government is unable to provide any emergency services to citizens detained in North Korea because no diplomatic relations exist with Pyongyang. King's detainment came as U.S. and South Korean officials were meeting in Seoul to reaffirm their commitment to defend the democratic nation in the case of an attack from their communist neighbors. It also came the same day the ballistic missile nuclear-capable submarine USS Kentucky arrived in Bosnia, South Korea, for the first port visit to the country by a Navy sub in roughly four decades. The move was expected to draw the ear upon Yang, which technically remains at war with South Korea despite Sing, um, signing an armistice agreement, ending active fighting in 1953. Kentucky is a launch platform for submarine launching ballistic missiles, providing the United States with its most survival leg of the nuclear triad. The Navy said in a statement to uh, statement Tuesday, the visit represents the United States ironclad commitment to the Republic of Korea for its extended deterrence guarantee and complements the many exercises, training operations and other military cooperations activities conducted with the ROK. Something wrong with that dude, man. Something was really wrong with this dude. And um, that dude's probably going to end up paying the price. North Korea is pretty much what United States may look like in a couple of years. We're slowly entering a communist society. 
and whatever they say over there goes. You go, you went into a zone where they literally put pray to Kim Jong Un as he is some sort of god. They have portraits of him in school, wherever they go, and they think of him as a god. When his father died, people had to fake tears, and there were soldiers with guns pointed at them to see if they were actually crying. Because if they weren't, that could be their last day on earth. That's where this clown decided to go, all right, instead of facing punishment for his actions. All right. I don't know what to say for him. I don't. The family wants to hold out hope. You go right ahead. But there's nothing wrong with having hope with a balance of, you know what? He knew the risks. He should have been able to take accountability for his actions. And just have it in the back of your mind, you know. Start making phone calls for possible funeral arrangements. That's all I could say. I'm not one of those people who want to say, you got to think positive. No. no, not in, You have to have that reality. All right? Let's talk about this country singer right now. Second. Music star Jason Aldean is speaking out after he received backlash for a music video that includes clips of clashes between protesters and police in Montreal and Toronto. Jason Aldean says Try That in a Small Town is about the feeling of a community he had growing up. But critics have blasted it, saying the lyrics promote violence and racism. In the video, images are projected on a building showing scenes of looting and protesters confronting police, including footage from Montreal and Toronto. We're here in Columbia, Tennessee, in front of the courthouse on the square. It was filmed in front of the Maury County Courthouse in Tennessee, where an 18-year-old black man was lynched by a white mob in 1927. There's absolutely no way that this location was chosen by accident. This is a specific site that was known. As you can see, you know, you have to be real careful these days with the sites you pick because of the social climate that we live in. And you have people like this that will pounce on any type of uh, misstep that you make. All right. But you have to keep your eyes open in um, this type of society that we live in, okay? Especially when it comes to, you know, white supremacy and people like this. Known and was a message for other white supremacists. It's a specific message that says, I know where the lynchings happen. Aldine is firing back saying there is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. Adding, while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song, this one goes too far. I am shocked by what I'm seeing in this country with people attempting to cancel this song and cancel Jason and um, his beliefs. Lord, he okay. So, um... Here's the thing, right? We have white culture and we have non-white culture, okay? The dominant society, okay, does not acknowledge a lot of things, 
There's a lot of things that are taken out of the history books. There's a lot of things that are not talked about, like what just happened here, standing in front of a courthouse where a black man was lynched, okay? I'm sure if they actually were honest and talked about that among fellow whites, that possibly Jason Alden wouldn't have used that used that setting. Okay. But that's not how white supremacy works. Okay. They want to look at the good and not taking the bad. Okay. And that is their downfall. All right. Shouldn't be white supremacy at all. If we are all Americans, right? All lives matter, right? All lives matter. But that's not how it is. That's not reality. Okay. And here's something else about Mr. Alden. Margot Price calls out Jason Alden for a 2015 blackface photo. The singer's photo comes amid controversy surrounding Alden's Try That in a Small Town song and video. The Hands of Time singer took to Twitter on Wednesday, July 19th, to share a photo and a corresponding The Guardian story from 2015 in which Alden is seen posing among a group of friends at a costume party dressed as Lil Wayne confirmed by the publication wearing blackface and dreadlocks just popping up here to say jason alden is a clown she wrote of the cultural offensive act what else do you all expect from a man who wore blackface in 2015. that's another thing that that is their culture okay to mock black people justin trudeau okay of canada he did the same thing in college a lot of people don't know don't know about that Okay, so you can't say for me, oh, you're a liberal, you're a lefty, you're a libtard. No, I'm conservative. And I, I'm seeing the truth and I call it out, whether the Republicans are doing wrong or the Democrats are doing wrong. That's it. These aren't sports teams. Okay, that's what um, the elite wants you to be like. It's a sports team, divide and conquer. Instead of just like, okay, you know what we got to do? We got to look at history bare bones. We got to look at this stuff. You know, the people could just say, you know what? I'm sick of this divide. Let's look at history raw and uncut. Let's look at everything. So we're going to see everything from slavery up until now. Okay. And they're like, damn. Okay. Wow. This is what they did. Okay. We ain't going to do this no more. All right. And there are things on the black, on the non-white side, non-white culture, we ain't going to do no more. All right. And that's it. But that ain't going to happen. Okay. It just isn't going to happen to fight the uh, controlling elite. Billboard spoke to Alden of the blackface photo at the time. In this day and age, people are so sensitive that no matter what you do, Somebody's going to make a big deal out of it. He responded, me doing that had zero malicious intent. I, had, I get that race is a touchy subject, but not everybody is that way. Media tends to make a big deal out of things. If that was disrespectful to someone. I by all means apologize. That was never my intention. It never crossed my mind. On Tuesday, July 18th, the country singer responded to recent claims that try that in small town is a pro-gun, pro-gun, pro-violence, and a modern lynching song. The song challenges those who pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store or cuss out a cop. As the title suggests, try those in a small town and see how far you're going to make it down the road. The song video features the footage of American flag-bearing protesters having confrontations with police looters breaking a display case and thieves robbing convenience store. In the past 24 hours, I have been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song, a song that has been out since May and was a subject to a comparison that I direct quote was not too pleased with the nationwide Black Lives Matter protest. You know, I don't like Black Lives Matter. I don't like the organization. Okay. I like the principle. I don't like the, that uh, George Soros run communist organization, Marxist organization that just wants to make black people its slaves. Don't believe me? Look up Manning Johnson, who was an ex-former communist he was black and he tells you the truth about the democrat party and communism you can look that up 
All right. Jason wrote in his statement, these references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. There isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of the song, there's this is going too far. CMT has since pulled the video from its rotation after it's after running it for three days. Billboard confirmed that all and all this wife Brittany came to his defense. On the other hand, stars like Cheryl Crow have joined Price in speaking out against Jason Alden's choice to perform and release a song like Try That in a Small Town. Eh, you know, some of these people are virtual signaling. Virtual signaling, you know, mudslinging from both sides. So I see it. Like I said, that's his culture. All right. That's white culture. All right. Maybe, maybe he just did it with no intent, but I don't know, man. Like I said, you've seen this throughout history, certain events that you have white people doing blackface. Now, I'm sorry. I just, I don't believe him with that. I don't. Too much information out here to know that's not wrong. As for the song, I'm sorry. I agree with it. Hold on one second. Sorry about that. One minute. So let's talk. Remember that uh, trucker? Let's talk. Let's let's get into that story. Let's get into that story right now. Texas TikToker, sassy trucker trapped in Dubai, faces two years in prison, screaming at a car rental worker. Texas TikToker is trapped in Dubai and faces two years in prison after screaming at an employee of a rental car agency. Tira Allen, better known to her 182,800 followers as sassy trucker, has been stuck in the district county country since authorities Whisker away, whisk away a passport. The nonprofit group detained in Dubai revealed Monday. The Houston social media star, 29, claims the screaming stemmed from a verbal tussle between herself and the manager of a local car rental shop when she stopped in to pick up her personal belongings in April. Allen's credit cards, debit cards, and cell phone had been impounded along with her rental car the day before the blow up after she and her friend were involved in a minor traffic accident near the Arabian Gulf. The manager allegedly demanded money in exchange for possessions and reacted with hostility toward Allen. He followed me outside the office and I felt very intimidated. I told him to stop, but instead he called the police and opened a case against me, apparently for screaming, Allen claims. I'm in shock that he frightened me. I told him to stop and now the police have said I can't go home. I told them I have a medical emergency and I needed to return to the U.S., but they wouldn't let me. I noticed something about her. Where's your man? That's it. She don't look like she has a, a, a man. It seems like she's just likes to be of self. Just likes to be. How do I say this? She likes to be by herself, like she doesn't need a man. Police confiscated Allen's passport and said they have spent the last three months weighing whether or not to prosecute the influencer for shouting in public. 
which is considered an offensive behavior punishable by up to two years in prison, according to detained in Dubai CEO Radha Sterling. Though she had not been jailed, Allen is incapable of leaving the country. But the nonprofit believes Allen was detained as part of a blackmail scheme run by the car rental agency and that some local cops may be in on it. It's it's, it's Dubai. And it was said that they do these things. Once again, why didn't she take the guidelines? Why didn't she study up on this country, what she would be facing if she chose to be in this country, a Middle Eastern country where women don't have rights? I don't get these people. I don't. All right. And sad to say, it's usually these women with a feminist mindset. You want to go to a third world country. Why? Where women don't have rights. Why? Why? Why would you go there? Why? It is extremely common for rental car agencies to open cases against customers as means to extort them. The hope is that whoever they perceive to be a wealthy foreigner will offer them cash in order to drop the case, Sterling said in the statement. Holiday makers will play extraordinary amounts just to get home to their families and jobs, even when they know they are being taken advantage of. Rental car agencies cash in on the insurance money and extort victims on top. It's business for them. Allen may have been targeted because of her lavish personal belongings and free willing spending in the days before her arrest. The social media star had been chronicling on YouTube her multiple beach trips, nightclub excursions, and luxury eating during her trip in the United Emirates, which was expected to only last a month. Allen, who had visited Dubai in the past, had been in the country to enjoy a vacation with friends, but was also considering setting up a trucking business. What? I don't get it, man. I don't. I might be the first female trucker to drive to ever drive a semi truck in Dubai, she said at the top of her video titled "The Sassy Trucker Moved to Dubai." Allen gained her strong following for documenting her career as a female trucker, telling CNN in 2021 that she likes to show that you can still be feminine in a male-dominated field. Oh, really? Feminine? And you got the title Sassy Trucker, huh? Her feminist initiative may have also landed her in trouble. <laughs> Sterling believes authorities target her because she's black and a female. Well, it's a Muslim country. They don't like black people over there. Human rights violations. You, you didn't study that up, huh? You you didn't you didn't think about that? Detained in Dubai, an Allen family has been reaching out to federal Texas officials to help facilitate her release without giving in to the rental agency's demands. Sterling and Allen's family are soliciting to help from Texas lawmakers, including Representative Sheila Jackson Lee and Senator Ted Cruz. We have spoken to the family of Tira Young Allen and have contacted the Department of State about the case. Cruz's office told Fox 26, Senator Cruz will continue to gather details and engage on this case until Miss Allen is returned to her home and family. It's been very emotional. There are some days I stay up all night crying. Allen's emotional mother, Tina Baxter, told Fox 26, it's very frightening. The longer she's been there, the more, re the more reality has started to kick in. Oh, you think? But, uh... Let's take a look at um, some stuff there. Huh? Let's take a look at something that I found. All right. This is her. Let's take a look. This is what she... Like I said, remember. Remember. Title on her TikTok is Sassy Trucker. This is her, I believe, in Puerto Rico.
this is what she does. This is why <laughs> sassy trucker now, sassy trucker. This is how she acts. This is what uh, her friend Mexi Marie said to the shade room. Here's the rodent locked up in Dubai. This isn't the first time that she's a violent drunk. Her name, her mama knows exactly how her daughter behaves. Whatever they say she did, she did it. Here's what another person says. Amen Rasta. I'm convinced a lot more happened to Dubai that got her locked up based on the video alone. There's another person, Mr. Glasser. I love when people do stuff like this out the country. That attitude doesn't fly in respectable places. That's a grown-ass child throwing a tantrum. I bet they're getting her together in that cell. Here's another comment. Oh, yeah, that lawyer getting free money from her family. He knows she's belligerent. <laughs> Always two sides to the story, and this definitely sheds a hell of a light on the subject. Another one, Rick Hobbs. You can't, you can't travel with, with everyone. Some people just don't have courtesy or respect. Here's another one. The girl traveled a million miles away to lose her whole mind. I guess she read about the jail portion in her travelocity. All exclusive Dubai package. <laughs> Stop watching Zeus Network. They have y'all thinking that this is how grown women should act. This crap is beyond whack. Do better, black women. At this some point, this has to stop. Another person. I actually was supposed to go too, but I had other plans. From what I heard, y'all was wild. Not only her. At one point of time, y'all was friends and had good times together. You don't kick a person when they, oh, come on now. Ah, this is this is what I'm talking about, man. This is what I'm talking about. The African-American ghetto culture. Not all African-Americans act like this, but the African-American ghetto culture, they have no type of accountability. And if you dare mention it, you get shamed. And sometimes these women will attack you. Okay, and I don't feel sorry for a woman who wants to attack a man. I don't. Or you want to get wild in a man's face. And then when he comes at you, you're crying. I don't feel sorry for you. There's gender roles for a reason. You can't respect that, then. Don't get mad when you get put in your place. And Dubai put her in her place. All right? A lot of these, and look at her name, Dope Mommy. These are hood rat people. These people don't deserve respect. Okay, and this is what Maximary says to Dope Mommy. You weren't, you are not on FaceTime 24-7. Save it. She was the only one that got kicked out. The kicked out. The police came because she was breaking stuff inside the a the um, Airbnb. After acting jealous and insecure about another female, she started tripping, waving a knife. I don't care about nothing you saying. Make a shirt, sis. Make your own post. <laughs> Here's another person from talking to dope mommy. She is on camera calling people bitches, destroying property, and throwing drinks on people. It was very clear. Who the issue is here. Yeah, they all may have been wild, but there's a difference between becoming wild and becoming aggressive and kicking people out. Now, why is she locked up in Dubai? Because people like you around her haven't held her accountable. So now she got to learn the hard way in a foreign country where women come second to men. Sucks. It, pretty much. Pretty much. And she has to learn her lesson. She has to. And unfortunately, that's the best way to learn. When you're by yourself. But these type of women have mental health problems. They do. And you even see it on Facebook. Okay. I've had conversations with some of these women. And they pretty much don't have any accountability. None. None at all. When it came to, okay, the Brianna Taylor situation, right? All that stemmed, what she went through in her life, how her life ended is because she had a taste for drug dealers. She liked dating Pookie and Ray Ray's. Okay. She paid $5,000 for a drug dealer's bail. You signed that man, okay, on the lease of your home. You let that man borrow your rental car. And he was driving, a, and there was a dead body in it a few moments later. There's surveillance footage, okay? Corin Gaines acting up when the police pulled her over because she had a cardboard um placed on the back of a car where her license plate was supposed to be gave those cops a hard time and those cops were very patient with her and i respect those cops and those cops were white by the way all right and guess what she was telling her infant child at the time you better fight the police when you grow up you know how her story ended 
The cops raided her home because her drug dealing boyfriend had a warrant. And instead of rushing her child out of safety, she decides to hold a shotgun against the leader of a SWAT team while her holding her infant son in the other arm. SWAT team had no choice. They had to put her down. And her boyfriend, who had a warrant for drugs, he escapes out the back with a child he had from a previous relationship. When you talk about accountability to black American women from the hood, they get mad. And it's your own choices that's getting you hurt, getting you locked up, getting you deleted. And you want black men to stand up. Yeah, we're telling you the truth. But the, the sad thing is they want us to stand up and tell the Pookie and Ray Rays that they alike to act be act respectable. Why can't you act like those lames or those guys we call lames? Why can't you act like those guys that we're not sexually attracted to? Why can't you act like them? That they want you to play cleanup. This is how backwards the urban black community is. There are a lot of plentiful, top, plentiful, rich, well-to-do black communities out there. Okay. But it's the, see, they're not telling you, mainstream media ain't telling you this. These are the urban, poor black communities that have this type of nonsense going on. And sad to say, some who have elevated, they still have that mentality. And they get mad at you when you expose the truth. All right? We want black men to stand up. We want black men to be leaders. Oh, but they don't want what, it, what they're really saying is we want you to give us things and resources, but don't you dare hold us accountable. We can hold you accountable. You play your role, but don't you dare ask us to play ours. OK, I'll tell you something else. There was a video on Facebook of a woman exchanging trying to trying to exchange vows with her man. And when it comes to cherish, to love and obey. She just act like. You know, the pastor saying was, you know, giving the vows was had three heads and said, oh, we didn't go through this. The pastor says, yes, we did. We go. We went through this. And she thinks it's a game. And you have her sisters laughing in the background. This is the urban black community here. And that's why social media is a blessing and a curse. But this point this is also a blessing. I'm talking about the blessing, the blessing of the fact you get exposed to the types of black people in the urban communities. Chris Rock was right. There's a civil war between blacks and the undesirable blacks. You know the street slang for those types of blacks. I'm not going to use that. But there is a civil war. What I'm talking right now will consider me a lame, a coon, a buck dancer, a house Negro, because I'm telling you the truth. I'm not being on the communist Democrat side. I don't like the Republicans either. Just to Put that out there. I'm not on the communist democratic side that says, oh, they're there, you know, petting the black person. Oh, they're there, you poor woodland creature. You know, it's not your fault, even though you're grown, you can make decisions on your own and you choose to make bad decisions. Okay. It's not your fault. They're there, they're there, they're there. It's the it's somebody else's fault. It's the man's fault. It's the black man's fault. It's the white man's fault. It's racism. It's white supremacy. It's somebody's fault. Damn, we gotta find a boogeyman. That's what it's like. That's what they want. Okay. Even, okay, in these TV shows, slowly but surely you had that, okay? And sad to say, even when I saw with Charles Dutton Rock. They had that, that the man was his rock was a sometimes a bumbling fool and Eleanor had to be the one to dig him out of problems. They even put that out there. Sad to say. Anybody siding with these types of women, you're following white supremacy. That's what I have to say about that. I don't feel sorry for this woman. I don't feel sorry for Miss Allen. Miss Allen needs to learn her lesson. Okay? She needs to learn her lesson. She needs to grow up. But if it was a white, I don't care if it was a white woman doing that. But guess what? If it was a white woman doing that, here's the thing in Dubai. If it was a white, they don't care. You have no rights there. They probably lock her up too. No, I'm I, 100%. 
they'll lock her up. They don't care. Don't play with them. Let's talk about this comedian right now. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get into that. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Stand-up comedian raises questions about suspicious deaths around the Clintons. Dave Smith, American stand-up comedian and political commentator, had addressed a topic that is not usually talked about. This is ultimately deaths of numerous individuals closely associated with Bill and Hillary Clinton. Last week, Patrick Bet David hosted a, his 280th episode of the PBD podcast, along with Dave Smith. Other guests included entrepreneur Adam Sosnick, former professional athlete Ricky Aguilar, and financial, co financial coach Matt Sapola. Okay. The discussions were varied and insightful, but David Smith's controversial remarks and suspicious deaths around the Clintons, also known as Clinton body count, really made the headline. Smith, a libertarian, questioned the ostracized experienced by those who inquire about the numerous people closely associated with the Clintons who have died under certain circumstances. Uncertain circumstances, a ridiculous amount of people very close to Clintons have died. And like what? You're not allowing to bring it up, said Smith. He didn't imply the Clintons were responsible for the deaths, but underscored the need for an open conversation on the topic. He didn't say the Clintons have murdered these people. You went, hey, what's up with this? And just like the moral like condescending to you as if something outrageous, uh, some outrageous offense. We're not allowed to even think of the possibility that maybe politicians have people murdered. Like, now who's being naive, Smith said. Smith further illustrated his point by drawing an analogy to actions taken during the Bill Clinton's presidency. These Clinton, these people, the Clintons, they are people who are well, who we all know have had people murdered in mass numbers. We just call that foreign policy. We just call that when they decide we're going to go on bombing campaign in Iraq, as Clinton, Bill Clinton did throughout both of his terms, had a massive blockade around Iraq where the UN estimated 500,000 children starved to death, said Smith. Smith insinuated that if someone could be responsible for such a policy, it wouldn't be a significant stretch to believe that they might also condone individual assassinations. I'll say this. If he does end up in hell, he needs to be put in the blockade with all those 500 children who died. Really won't be children to be 500,000 demons looking like children, torturing them. Smith insinuated that if some someone could be responsible for such a policy, it wouldn't be a significant stretch to believe that they might also condone individual assassinations. Smith urged listeners to investigate the suspicious of deaths around the Clintons, cautioning against becoming overly conspirational, but insisting that questions these cases were completely fair. Questioning these cases were completely fair. Let's see what he got to say. A ridiculous amount of people very close to the Clintons have died. And like, what you're just not allowed to bring, you didn't say the Clintons have murdered these people. You went, hey, what's up with this? And just like the moral, like condescending to you as if this was some outrageous offense, like what we're not allowed to even think of the possibility that maybe politicians have people murdered. Like now who's being naive, Tay? You know, like that famous line from The Godfather. Look, these people, the Clintons, these are people who we all know have had people murdered in mass numbers. We just call that foreign policy. We just call that when they decide we're going to go on a bombing campaign in Iraq, as Bill Clinton did throughout both of his uh, terms, had a massive blockade around Iraq where the U.N. estimated 500,000 children starved to death. Okay? That, this was the U.N.'s estimates. I'm not sure if they're right or not. But the idea that people who do that for a living would be so uncomfortable also off the clock being like, yeah, I'm okay with this guy being killed. 
is not that wild of a jump to me. And if you want to do a deep dive into it, I'm not going to go full Alex Jones here, but there's a lot of very suspicious deaths around the Clintons. And- yeah, 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 man, a lot. Smith also talked on former Congressman Anthony Weiner's meltdown during his recent appearance on the PBD podcast, where he was confronted by Patrick Bet David with a list of dead people who had previously been associated with the Clintons. Anthony Weiner, yeah, I saw part of that, and I'm like, yeah, man, you you are the last person to be criticizing, you know, RFK. You're the last, and the thing is, like, he didn't even read the book. The dude didn't even read the book. He didn't. All right, have you read RFK's book about? Fauci. No, I haven't. Why are you there again? Why did you agree to be on Beth David's show again? Just saying, man. I'm just saying. All right. So. Here's the last one. Hunter Biden's lawyer caught smoking crack on balcony while visiting Biden, president's son. Hmm. Let's read that again. Hunter Biden's lawyer caught smoking crack on balcony while visiting president's son. Hunter Biden's visit visited his sugar brother, lawyer, Kevin Morris, this week, who was photographed smoking crack from his Hollywood balcony. The drug addict's first son took a trip from his Malibu home to the Pacific Palisades on Thursday to visit his attorney after agreeing to plead guilty to federal tax crimes last month. While Hunter was at his attorney's house, Morris was caught by photographers on the balcony in plain view of the public street smoking crack. Seeing his attorney ripped from a pack from a crack pipe might bring unaware, unwanted flashbacks for the first son who photographed and videoed himself using copious amounts of crack cocaine on weeks-long benders for years. Material from his laptop from hell shows. Daily Mail UK reports one of the criminal charges against Hunter is lying on a 2018 federal gun form that he was not an illicit drug user while he admitted in his memoir to being a crack addict. It is not clear what substance was in Morris's bong and recreational marijuana use in is legal in California. He did not immediately respond to requests for comment. The 60-year-old Hollywood attorney is known for his hard-driving tactics and high-profile cases, but appeared to relax on the Sunday balcony in a purple short-sleeved shirt. Hunter arrived in the afternoon in a black SUV escorted by Secret Service bodyguards and dressed in a blue suit, jeans, and aviator glasses favored by both him and his father. He was greeted at the Los Angeles home by a woman in a yellow floral dress. The visit came after Senator Chuck Glassie, Gracely published a copy of the FBI report detailing claims by a trusted informant that Joe Biden and Hunter received $10 million in bribes from Ukrainian gas company owner Mykola Zolowski. On Friday, Daily Mail revealed that the FBI also correlated parts of the informant's story in 2020, according to a source close to the federal probe. Morris made a fortune representing the creators of the TV show South Park in a $900 million deal with Viacom CBS in 2021. He was dubbed Hunter, Hunter's sugar brother after he agreed to loan the first son a reported $2.8 million to pay off his tax debts and joined his legal team amid criminal and congressional investigations. He has also represented a host of Hollywood heavyweights, including Ellen DeGeneres, Scarlett Johansson, Matthew DeBacanke, and Chris Rock. Morris is currently suing right-wing nonprofit Marco Polo and its founder, former Donald Trump White House staffer, Garrett Ziegler, who has been investigating the Biden family. The attorney accused Ziegler as nonprofit of harassment, invasion of privacy, and criminal impersonation into court documents filed in Los Angeles. In text messages published last year at thedailymail.com, Morris appeared to lose his cool with Marco Polo operative, who posed as a potential ally willing to help Hunter's legal team, calling the tricksters, uh, moron adding, if I'm going to take all your money, I know where you live. Morris is also allegedly dabbled in clandestine tricks to get information out of Biden's, out of Hunter's enemies. The attorney was accused of lying to get onto the film set of My Son Hunter, a movie designed to show Biden in the worst possible light with tales of his drug, uh, 
drug use, partying, and alleged corrupt business deals. He flew on a private plane to Serbia, where the movie was being filmed, claiming he wanted to interview the producers of a, for a documentary he claimed to be making about Biden's corruption. My son, Hunter, producer Philem McClear, said McClear, McKellar claimed that at the time, now that I know of his representation of Hunter Biden, his questions while they were filming suddenly make a lot of sense. I thought he was just making a documentary, but now it appears he was deceptively spying for his client, Hunter Biden. The filmmakers claimed that Morris was particularly interested in the contents of the movie, including that what sources they had for their information and what they knew about how Hunter's laptop came into the hands of the media. Morris was, was reportedly behind attempts last year to push friendly media organizations to question the province of Hunter's abandoned laptop, despite DailyMail's.com authentication of the hard drive using top cyber forensics experts in early 2021 and later verification by the Washington Post, New York Times, and CBS. The more proactive legal strategy reportedly caused anxiety at the White House sources, told CNN, with the president's aides preferring Hunter to stay quiet and lay low. He's not going to do that. You spoiled that boy. Spoiled him rotten. All right. That's it for now. Pretty much done. It's probably going to be going on Rumble. Anything you want to know about this channel, it's in the description box. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.